0: All right, welcome back, everybody, to the uh, July 2023 edition of Mayday Monday. Uh, as always, I'm Tony Carroll, and I'm here to provide a uh, hopefully some lessons learned and something we can all learn from, take home, and apply to uh, an incident that we might see in the future. Uh, before we get too started, before we get too deep into this, I want to bring up uh, my PowerPoint here and. Um, just remember those line of duty deaths that have uh, occurred since the last time we were together. Um, again, we, we, I took last month off June. Sorry about that. I, uh, uh, as we were getting up to the, um, actually, Mark, let me start that over. As we uh, get back up to, to, as we were working towards the June, Mayday, Monday, um, as, you know, it, I had kids in, in high school and we we're getting on graduations and everything. So apologize for not having an addition for June. But um, I know fire engineering re-ran one from last year. So uh, hopefully you guys all dug into that. Um, we looked at the um, um, Charleston incident uh, and reviewing that that podcast from last year, talking to those uh, solid members of the Charleston Fire Department who gave us gave us a lot of good insight into that fire. So please go back and look at that one. And, and um, hopefully you'll get, get some chance to practice some some heavy duty, some um, two and a half inch hose line stuff. All right, so you can bring that back up again, PowerPoint back up. These are the line of duty desks since the last time we got together. Uh, Richard Hempel, Grossbeck Volunteer Fire Rescue in Texas. Uh, Richard was uh, feeling ill morning after a call and suffered a heart attack. Kyle Osgood of the Farmland Volunteer Fire Department in Indiana was involved in a tanker crash. James Muller. Ermo Fire District in South Carolina. In fact, I'm wearing one of uh, James Irmo's shirt right now. Uh, James was at an apartment fire, a fire uh, outside of Columbia, South Carolina, and a structural collapse. It took six firefighters to the hospital. Unfortunately, um, Firefighter Muller did not survive. Sean Daniel of the Georgia Forestry Department was working a wildfire and uh, suffered a heart attack. Uh, Bill McHale of Vermilion Township, Ohio. Um, he was, um, after having some medical issues, uh, during training, he returned home and, uh, was, uh, unfound unresponsive. Um, Stuart Hunt, Stuart Hunt suffered a medical emergency while directing traffic. Um, Brian Latrent, Bayville VFC in New Jersey. Uh, Brian was, uh, suffered a heart attack. Uh, Bobby Blue Smith of Ware County, Georgia. Uh, was involved in a vehicle crash. Lloyd Rudiger of the New Haven Burger Fire Protection District in, in Missouri suffered a heart attack. Hal M. Hancraft in South Richland FD had a pulmonary embolism. And uh, just yesterday, Bryce Trossback, uh, close to home here from the May Day Monday headquarters, uh, Naval District of Washington and Patuxent River Fire Department uh, in Maryland. Uh, was was uh, killed in a in a collapse uh, single family dwelling um, house fire in um, in southern Maryland. Um, as with all of these, uh, we want to remember these members and uh, think about their families, their fire departments, their friends that were involved in this. Um, and uh, if you have a uh, if if you so inclined, say a few prayers and think about them. There have been 38 line of duty deaths so far in 2023. All right, so last month um again uh, missed missed the june one but the may this was the may, may Day, monday hopefully you guys um dove into this i uh, had a really good podcast with uh, dave mellon who kind of talked about um what to do once you get them out right you got through you've rescued the firefighter now what are you going to do he gave us some good ideas there right uh if you're doing firefighter cpr try and keep that mask on as long as possible so we don't expose them any more than we need to, to all that off-gassing and that kind of stuff from the gear. Trauma management. If you got trauma management, consider tourniquets and a pressure dressings in your rip bag. Makes a lot of sense. Again, um, whether it's, a, uh, you know, we've, we've heard of saw accidents that have, that have had a bad gash on their leg, or we've seen heard about glass that's come down and cut somebody, right? So you need to have that stuff available pretty quick. Burns, if they're burned, uh, be careful with the gear removal. If you can, maybe cut it off. Uh, find a way to not drag it over there thing so hopefully you guys had a chance to kind of look at that from last or from the may and uh, practice those kinds of things this month this month we're going to talk about uh radio ready and uh we're dedicating this month to 500 nate flint howard county maryland uh with me to talk about nate and talk about the incident um is uh chuck Ridgely here from howard county maryland um Chuck, if you would take a second, introduce yourself, let everybody know
1: um why you're here. Thank you, Tony. I'm glad to be here. Um my name is Chuck Ridgeley uh from uh, Howard County, Maryland. Uh, I was uh I was Nate's battalion chief, uh, the incident commander of uh the incident uh, that took Nate's life. Um I was a 35-year veteran of Howard County Fire and Rescue. I have since retired. Um uh, at 35 year mark uh, uh, since the incident, um, and uh, uh, still continue to to work for the the county fire marshal's office in uh, in uh, inspections and and other things of that nature, trying to continue to to push uh, you know push life safety and uh, um, awareness uh, at the firefighter level um, with all the the um, uh, the things that we're up against. So the, the, the playing field is changing. So, um, but uh, that's why I'm here.
0: Well, it's good. I, I appreciate it. i again, um again, as all this stuff goes, uh, we have connections, right? Um, I had a connection with Howard County through Josh Hummel. Uh, some of the UL panels that I got involved with uh, Josh was involved in those. And uh, I connected with Josh. Josh got me in, in connection with Chuck and other people involved here, and uh, Chuck was more than um, more than willing, more than um, I'm not going to say excited, right? Because, but but more than um, anxious to get on and talk about this this incident here. I do want to sidebar here. I just read about uh, maybe you were involved in that uh, police chief got like seven life terms for
1: setting fires were you involved in it no i I was not involved in that um i am strictly on the the code enforcement side of the fire marshal's office but um our investigators uh, those incidents were some were in howard county and uh, uh our investigators um in particular our our captain um uh in fid is uh is very involved in that and um um, well, that was and- horrible. That was horrible. I read that.
0: So again, uh, guys, uh, this aside from May Day Monday, but look into your current events in fire service, and you'll see a story about a uh, ex police chief. Uh, ex police chief got like seven life terms yep. for uh, basically a dozen, two dozen arsons in in suburban Maryland, in that area where they're from, where. um, Nate and Chuck and, and then we're from and he set um um vin, vin, he was vindictive, he was setting fires to um, somebody his wife had a beef with. He set a fire to uh, to his old chiropractor and just horrible stuff. But all right, so let me, let me get past that. But I just wanted to see if you were if you were involved when I saw that. I'm like, oh, let me ask it. So all right, so let's get let's see what we got here. Let's talk about uh, our PowerPoint. Bring that up if you would. Awesome. So here we are. Let's talk about Nate Flynn. Um, I feel like I know Nate Flynn, um, again, being involved since, since the, his death, I got involved with Howard County and presented at their first, uh, training that they did after Nate passed away The on the one year anniversary, uh, Celeste and the family were there and they unveiled a beautiful picture of, of, of Nate, um, the memorial and, and we did a, a training thing myself, um. Uh, Dan Madrakowski, Rob Callahan, we came in and did basement fire thing there. And then, um, since then, you know, again, talking to, to, to people up there, have been involved with, well, I saw Celeste and a couple of other things too. So, um, and then I have friends that were involved with teaching with me, right? So I, I feel like, uh, but I th- all these guys, they kind of seem, a lot of the guys we've talked about in these line of duty that seem to be of the same cloth, right? They all seem to be of, uh, just like Nate, um, can't get enough of the job. Um, is is trying to make himself better. Is mastering his craft. Wants to help other people master their craft, and is just like a you know a a shooting star on there that that you know you know you're almost like holding him back because you know he's just gonna be like a a, a fierce dog and eating up everything as he goes. But but with that being said, t- tell tell me anything that, about Nate that you can you can think of, Chief.
1: Yeah, and. Um you know, I, I'm. If you look look behind me here, I'm 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 sitting in the Nate Flynn conference room, um, which is uh, outside of our fire chief's office. I asked the chief for permission to use this um, because you know I wanted to you know, have these these reminders and these these pictures uh, of Nate that are you know, behind me here, got some, got some personal pictures and, and, and also, you know, some, some professional, uh, and of course right in the middle is, is Nate and Celeste and the kids. And, um, that's, that's the, uh, that's the exciting part, uh, to talk about. Um, you know, when you said earlier that, yes, I would, I would gladly do this because, you know, I want to continue to, um, Uh, remember Nate and honor him and, uh, you know, tell other people about him um, and what we can learn from his sacrifice. Um, And, you know, the particular picture, the, the, the in uniform class a picture there, that's in the background um, that, that was a very professional appearance for Nate and it really doesn't do his, his uh, grin, um, you know, any justice. Uh, But, Um, Nate, uh, as you can see again from the picture behind me, um, the only thing that I found that, uh, that Nate loved more and was more dedicated to than the fire service was his family. And, uh, um, unfortunately for me, uh, I really didn't get to uh, see that side of Nate. I really didn't get to, uh, you know, see the personal side of him. Um, uh, But um, I was, uh, excuse me, I was uh, assigned to uh, Battalion 1 on A-shift in 2015. And uh, shortly thereafter, I was at a transfer meeting and uh, another battalion chief said, Hey, does anybody have a, a spot at station 10? And uh, he said, um, I've got I've got Nate Flynn out at the station five and he wants to go to station 10, doesn't care what shift, he'll go to station 10 any shift. He just wants to get out of five and go to 10. And I, I didn't know Nate Flynn, um, just knew the name on a piece of paper, but I immediately, um, anybody that wanted to leave station five, which is probably our slowest station. Um, it's the one that I avoided all, but about six months in my career, I avoided station five. Um, and station 10 is our special operations station. Um, it's an engine and truck, um, or engine and tower. And, um, you know, so station 10's always doing some, always training, you know, it's all these other disciplines, you know, over and above, you know, fire suppression, EMS and rescue. And, um, So I'm right away. I'm like, this guy wants to get a five. He's good people in my book. And he wants to go to station 10. Um, Hey, that's even better. I had been a captain of station 10 for a number of years, had a soft spot in it, uh, in my heart for it. And um, I'm right away. I'm like, hey, I got a spot. Give him to me. Um, And uh, uh, so Nate, Nate came to station 10. And I remember, um, you know, just welcoming him onto the shift. And, uh, um, over the next, it was a very short period of time, um, maybe a year, um, boom, he knocked out all of his special ops certifications required. And, uh, uh, when the, the special ops chief, uh, battalion, um, notified me that, Hey, you know, he's met all the criteria. He's now going to qualify for special ops, um, you know, assignment and, uh, we call it having the S having the S behind your name, uh, that that are special ops. Um, it was, it really kind of, you know, blew me away that he had knocked out all of these certifications so quickly. Um, and again, I think just a testimony to his commitment to the job. Um, and, uh, you know, over the two and a half or three years that, um, I had him in my battalion, um, I, I regret the fact that I didn't get to know him on more of a personal level, but um, I can tell you that anytime I went in that firehouse, um, you know, I, I, would a lot of times, you know, make my rounds in the evenings or, you know, it just, it wasn't always in the middle of the day. Um, I never failed to find Nate studying, working on something engine bay floor full of boxes opened up or, you know, saws out or whatever. Um, He was always doing something, Um, you know, even when I, if I would come in in the evening and uh, the watch office at station 10 had two computers and when you walked in uh, to the watch office off the engine bay, you could see what was on both computer screens And invariably I would walk in there and Nate would have fire engineering or firehouse or firefighter close calls or something. He would have something up and, you know, he'd, Hey, chief, check this out. Or, Hey, have you, have you seen, you know, what do you think about what you're doing in Fairfax or whatever? Um, just always engaging. Um, always trying to learn. Um, yeah, you know, I didn't know uh, until you know after his death uh, about his involvement at FDIC and and some of the teaching he'd been doing and uh, uh, his his um, his volunteer house uh, up in uh, in Habit of Grace. Uh, um, but uh, like I said, as a battalion chief, Nate was one of my guys because he was he was in my battalion. I felt kind of you know, I got him there. Um, and I never regretted that transfer meeting. He just continued to, you know, impress me. Um, you know, he had a, as a matter of fact, this this picture in his uh uh dress blues is probably one of I don't think I saw him without a hat or a helmet on until I saw some of these pictures. Um because he had a had a ball cap but a real tight um Uh, uh, yeah, he's, he's got it on there into one picture with the kids. Um, But, you know, at work, it was always, if he didn't have his lid on, he had that, that ball cap on. And, and you can see that big grin there in, in several of those pictures. That, that was the Nate that I knew. That was the, you know, um, I could, I could tell him, you know, a mile away, um, just by his gear and his gait. Um, you know, he was very, very proud of his helmet. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, always, um, you know, never a guy that you had to, you know, remind to put their gear on or, or, you know, anything like that. He was always ready and willing. And, um, you know, like I said, that, uh, um, that was Nate Flynn and i i didn't uh, um you know celeste and the kids i, I didn't uh, get to know them until afterwards but um uh you know celeste has uh, just a she's been a, a great a great support and a great friend to me um it took about a year after the incident for her and i to finally you know talk and she was so gracious and she is such a uh, a a a woman of, of character and and leadership. I'm going to talk a little bit later about uh, you know some of the stuff that she's doing um, to uh, uh, try to prevent some more tragedies um, with some of the uh, um, the construction issues that contributed to to Nate's fire. Um, and uh, anyway, yeah, she's really. She's really um she's really helping. She's a friend
0: of the fire service now, right? And, Absolutely. And the, right stuff, the right stuff. And I know, um, personally, I, I, like I said, I, after, uh, after Nate's death, before we came to Howard County for the, and the, uh, first, first, uh, first Memorial, I was, I did a basement fire class in Richmond and she, she came there with uh, some of her friends, um, some other instructors of you know friends of Nate, and uh, sat through that for a little bit to listen to, you know, what we were talking about with basement fires, and then, uh, like I said, she, obviously I'd met her at the at the first annual, and then um, this last this last uh, fall at the uh, one year anniversary of of Josh Laird incident in in uh, Frederick County, I uh, spoke there. And she sought me out. She actually made a point of visiting there and uh, gave me gave me some uh, some swag from um, the last uh, leadership or the last um, Memorial Day training event. Mm-hmm. And she you know, she wanted to make a point of um, kind of thanking me for, you know, for for pushing this. But really, I mean, uh, I think that we need we have a different um, she's a different hero for the fire service now and really doing some good work. And yeah, let's touch on that. We'll touch on that when we get to the fire there. But, but um, I, it was funny that you mentioned that this, this isn't the Nate that you knew that uh, class a Nate, this is, this is the Nate that you knew with the smile. And I, and uh, absolutely. Those are good pictures. So um, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for talking about Nate. That's what uh, this is kind of trying to do with Mayday Mondays is, is, is not to, you know, we want we want to make sure we we remember because we said we would remember, and as time gets farther away, sometimes we forget. So, you know, we want to get grounded in uh, in the actually who the people and know 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 the the people that are involved. So, let's talk a little bit about your fire about you about where you're from here, Howard County, Maryland. This is a feature we do at Mayday Mondays. Just kind of try to try to hopefully maybe um, people can look at this and say, you know, that sounds a lot like my neighborhood. But uh, Howard County is, of course, in Maryland. And if you look at our map here, I don't know if can you see my cursor at all, but in the um, in this little cutout where the you see the red where the where the county is in the Mm -hmm. map, Uh, the south of that is the cutout. That's, of course, our nation's capital. And to the northeast of the of the red, that's Baltimore City. So this is where Howard County sits in Maryland. And uh, kind of, uh, I mean, I guess it's not really a transition. It's, I mean, it's, it's probably a perfect um, D.C. area
1: suburb, right? You got a little bit of a little bit of neighborhood and you got some farmland. We are right smack dab in the middle of Baltimore and Washington. Um, matter of fact, uh, Route 95 that connects the Baltimore Beltway and the Washington Beltway uh, runs right through the, the uh, um the southeastern portion of Howard County. Um, and, uh, um, you know, really, if you, if you kind of go out to the west, um, you know, from Howard County, you know, you have uh, the city of Frederick um, and then on out to Hagerstown and so forth. But, um, you know, if you take Frederick, Baltimore and D.C., Howard just kind of sits right there in the middle of that triangle. Um, we have major interstate, uh, both north and south and east and west, uh, we are a, a a suburb of both Baltimore and Washington. Um, you know, sometimes uh, we kind of, you know, Baltimore News thinks that we're in D.C. and D.C. News thinks we're in Baltimore. So we don't always get uh, um, get the coverage, you know, out here that uh, some of the, the counties do that are a little bit closer to the two cities. Um, but um, I, I have in my career um, run mutual aid into both DC and Baltimore city from Howard County. Um, so, uh, um, as your slide says, you know, we're about 250 square miles, a little over 300,000 population. Um, we have 14 fire stations, uh, we ran about 40,000, uh, a year. Um, you know, and and um, in this in this slide, um, you kind of see Columbia um, and you know the houses. Um, I I still that picture up in the upper right. I'm not sure we have that much farmland left. Um, we were a rural farming community. Um, matter of fact, our patch still has pumpkins and wheat sheaves and stuff on it. Um, but we are very much. Um, uh, I believe I'm correct in saying there is only one active dairy farm uh, in Howard County left anymore. Um, all the rest of them have seemed to to grow houses um, rather than crops. Um, but we, we really, since um, uh, Mr. Jim Rouse um, started the, the Columbia, which was a planned community, he started that in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. And that was really the, the, the boom for Howard County. Um, We really, you know, really started growing uh, in the seventies and eighties. And we grew from the six small um, volunteer fire departments Uh, in 1972. uh, Howard County formed the Howard County fire department and brought the six uh volunteer corporations under that umbrella and we've we've grown from there. Um so before we get to of the problem again like 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 what the Chuck was talking
0: about, you can see in the map here on the right, uh Interstate 95 runs in that southeast
1: corner. Yep. And then you got what is that 70? Yep, 70 runs. you kind yeah. of up there uh in the one kind of in the purple kind of runs all the way out yeah. to the west um to the out into the, uh, the somewhat rural areas left of the County, uh, out in the yeah. West. Um, but we're, we're small geographically, but we're bordered by Montgomery, PG, Baltimore County, Anne Arundel County, um, Frederick County, Carroll County. Um, we just kind of, you know, we're wedged in there between all of them. Um, and, uh, like I said, six, uh, started out with six volunteer departments there listed on the left, um, and all of those stations or, or those companies are at least um, still you know up and and participating and operational. Um, you know, buildings have changed, but um, from those six original volunteer corporations, we now have a total of fourteen stations. Um, the the uh, uh, the Columbia Station. Um, there's actually two very, very close together, uh, in Columbia. Um, and, uh, basically a lot of, uh, the, the, what we call the core area of, of Howard County is Columbia. Um, a lot of people know us for Meriwether Post Pavilion, big concert, uh, venue, uh, that's right there in, in town center, Columbia. And, uh, it's actually, um, the, the 14th, uh, station is right there um, by Merryweather um, and uh, um, I know that uh, the the future plans they're trying to get ground for I believe 15 16 and 17 are at least in discussion um, so uh, like I said we're still a still a growing fire department and predominantly um, you know a suburb or a suburban department but we pretty much uh, you know, have everything uh, from agriculture to heavy industry to, you know, residential high rises to, you know, uh, townhouses to, you know, old old mill properties. You had a picture up there earlier of Main Street, Ellicott City. Uh, that's the other thing that, you know, we had significant um, floods in 2016 and 2018 uh, in historic Old Town, Ellicott City um, that I know made uh uh, national news, and uh, we are still uh, in the process of restoration and recovery um, from those those two floods. Uh, so, how many career guys do you have? Do they have on on uh, on the books now? Do you know our our authorized strength is right around five hundred um, and sixty. So I know uh,
0: looking you know researching this is they 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 tout about nine hundred members uh, I guess volunteer in the combination system. Right, a uh, nine hundred total. So that you know, four hundred volunteers, five hundred career, um, and and I guess is there a combination? Do the volunteers provide the
1: EMS service? And yeah, we are. We well? I guess, a double combination system in the career and volunteer, um, and you know, fire and EMS. So all of our stations uh, are. Uh, um, our transport units, um, some of the busier stations are both an ALS transport and a BLS transport. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, volunteer members, you know, participating on, on uh, you know, both the fire suppression and the EMS side. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, again, going back to um, Meriwether Post Pavilion and, and special events like that, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of EMS and, and a lot of volunteer support. Um, for those endeavors. What's that, that, uh, that big firehouse at the top there? Who is that? That is station six. That is station six and Savage located at route one and route 32. Um, almost, um, you know, it's, it's down there below, uh, below 95 in between 95 and, uh, in County, um, uh, Fort Meade NSA would be on down 32, uh, a mile or so from, uh, from station six. Um, yeah. That's a huge place there. Yeah, that uh, pretty, pretty big firehouse. And again, that is one of the um, Station Six Savage, one of the original volunteer corporations uh, and, uh, you know, very active volunteer participation. Uh, actually, a couple of engines, um, a ladder truck, uh, a rescue squad, um, a couple of ambulances. So there's uh, um, a lot of stuff coming out of there.
0: Yep. Good, good. I know. You, I again, uh, being in, being in the area, and I remember I used to work for a fire equipment place. Especially when you guys were in E ones years ago, right? And and they were white, I guess then. And now you've transitioned to to red apparatus. So it's it's good to see. Uh, good to see yeah. things. What is that little attack unit there in the middle? What is that?
1: That that special was recently you know? that was recently purchased for special operations, um, and that is uh, their water rescue, uh, their primary. Um, water rescue vehicle. Um, and, and to be honest, you know, having not being operational anymore, um, I really haven't, um, seen too much of that vehicle, but, uh, I know that it is part of, uh, the special operations response. And, uh, that was their, you know, the water rescue component, or at least a rapid rescue, uh, rapid water rescue, um, was, uh, that purpose.
0: So uh 2448s, is that what the the guys are working? 2448s with a Kelly. Um so they get um five five engines, two trucks on a house fire kind of thing. Is
1: it yep. uh is there a mutual response with the county? Actually, actually all it's all five and that? three. Um it's five and three now. Um and uh um uh, the other thing, um we are currently uh we are operating at three separate battalions. Um, So we have uh, the county divided into uh, three battalions that are staffed um, by battalion chiefs uh, 24-7. And then actually they're starting to make um, the push toward a fourth battalion um, that the special operations battalion uh, working day work actually kind of functions as the fourth uh, battalion during the day. But uh, um, three battalions around the clock. I got you. And then, um, EMS transport,
0: right. You said ALS and BLS. Yeah. How is the closest hospitals are in all Baltimore?
1: Or do you have one? Oh, no, we have, team? we have Howard County general, um, uh, which is a, a Johns Hopkins, uh, hospital, uh, right here in the County. And then of course, you know, we've got them all around, um, whether we're into Baltimore or, uh, in Montgomery general, uh, Carroll hospital center, Frederick, uh, hospital. Um, we, we transport uh, all around the county. Again, we're kind of surrounded by them. I see you got uh, two interstates. So a lot of interstate action
0: there for those, for those companies.
1: Yeah. Um, Especially, you know, on the I-95 corridor, um, you know, that's uh, uh, the bulk of our, our auto extrication and um, uh, heavy rescue. I would say, you know, most of that is um, on the 95 corridor, although interstate 70, you know, has everything uh the ninety-five does. It just, you know, I think it thins out a little bit more than ninety-five yeah. But um, but yeah, plenty of interstate. All right, good. Let's get back up to the
0: uh to the slides here. Let's get into the incident. All right, Woodscape Drive, seven thousand five Woodscape Drive. Uh the the incident happened uh was
1: it July twenty eighth? No, July twenty third. July twenty third. 2018, 2018 um which we were we were actually working July 22nd we were working at 24 um you know the call came in at at uh Zero uh, 0152 01 52, um was the first look at the clock that I got um and uh, you know so therefore into into the 23rd but early so, Monday, something that is important something that is important is what was the the um a typical summer day in the mid mid Atlantic, right? Yeah. So you had a hot day and then storms. Yep, it had been a Sunday. Um, you know, pretty typical. Um, you know, Sunday in in uh, in the fire service. You know, most of the companies. You know, big breakfast, and you know, we had uh, just kind of had a normal day. Um, you know, nothing uh, nothing uh, too earth shattering. Um, and uh, yeah, hot day. Um, I I went to bed and uh, um, it wasn't storming when I went to bed. But uh, when when I woke up for this call, um, as soon as the bay door came up, um, it was uh, pretty obviously it had been storming and was still um, pretty much in the throes of it uh, as we went out the door.
0: So this picture is a good snapshot of kind of parts of of Howard County with uh, big mansions. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. This is Clarksville area. Is that right? Yep, that's the Clarksville area um, in the suburbs. So people that work in in Baltimore that, that have big houses, they live out there. Same thing with DC. Yep. So yep. as you can see, seventy three hundred square feet above ground with eleven hundred square feet finished basement. Uh, yep. There's a there's a picture here to kind of get you to get you um, understanding the, the, the size and kind of the complexity of this building. Um, from what I understand, right, is, uh, these people did some like entertaining, which I guess if you have a, if you have a house that big, you probably need to do some entertaining and they, they stored stuff and they had these crawl spaces where they kept all these things in, 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 uh, they weren't in use. It looks like they have a, uh, a, a big, a big pool in the back here. There's mm-hmm. probably a big, big room in the basement for, for entertaining and stuff but um, yep, correct. This, this house and what happened to the, to
1: this house? Um, So like you said, this is, um, you know, we, we refer to it as the McMansion um, and these 7,000, 8,000 square foot. Um, we've got a couple in the County that are in excess of 21 and 24,000 square feet. Um, and unfortunately most all of them are in non-hydrant areas Um uh but um uh this this particular home on on Woodscape and that's a a great real estate shot of it um prior to the to the event um uh, this would be the alpha side um Woodscape Drive uh was a um a residential street um off of uh off a of Guilford Road in the Clarksville area um and typical of how Howard County, you know, grew up, Guilford Road was an old, uh, an old thoroughfare through the county. And uh, as again, as as farms shut down and houses grew up, um, you know, little streets were cut in off of these these older roads. And uh, Woodscape was one of those. Um, all of those, uh, um, you know, all, all pretty pretty similar up and down the street, you know, all custom homes, but, you know, um, all, um, you know, big, um, and, uh, um, on this particular night, um, when we were originally dispatched, uh, we were dispatched for smoking a house, uh, after a reported lightning strike. And, uh, um, uh, this, this house, um, Woodscape, isn't far uh, from Station Five. Um, another interesting thing that um, I was, as I said, I was Battalion One, uh, and this call is actually located in the Second Battalion. Uh, but we were conducting an AVL test, um, and the way units were positioned when this call was was brought up and dispatched, um, even though it was. In Station 5's area, it was part of the 2nd Battalion. Um, By land mileage um, from quarters, uh, Battalion 1 was closer. So uh, this was originally dispatched in what we called a local alarm. Uh, It was two engines, uh, a special service, uh, a transport uh, EMS unit, and a battalion chief. And um, as I said, the call came in at, at, uh, I believe, the 911 call was 151 in the morning, um, and uh, reported you know smoke in the house and that the occupants were out, but they didn't no no flames were seen, uh, but um, smoke was in their house and they thought they'd had a lightning strike, and um, um, and as
0: it turns out, it was a it was a lightning strike in in the wooded area, right? That
1: yeah. struck struck we the around. Uh, where uh, where the side C M, uh, label is in your photo, yeah, um, and, and again, I, I, that photo is from our our uh, uh, ISRB report. Um, there was a propane tank kind of in that wood line um, that originally was there for the pool heater, uh, and at some point prior to the incident, um, that propane had been extended into the home. Um, and manifolded off and um, there were various appliances in the home that were now uh, propane fueled uh, as opposed to electric. Um, And that lightning strike, yes, was in that wooded, it hit a tree um, and then from the tree uh, the force was transmitted and the um, the charge was transmitted through the propane tank, through the underground line, into the home, to the gas manifold, to the wow. uh, the corrugated stainless steel gas tubing. Which, um, if uh, if you're a firefighter and you're watching this and you aren't aware of what corrugated stainless steel gas tubing is, um, if if you have anything in your first two area that has natural gas or propane, um, and has been built or, uh, installed in the last, uh, probably 20 years, uh, at least 15 years, you have probably got corrugated stainless steel gas tubing, um, in your first two area. Um, it is a flexible gas line. You know, we, I, I, grew up that, you know, natural gas was all in steel pipe. Um, and, um, uh, now for ease of installation and speed of installation, this you know, CSST is bendable, flexible. Um, and they can, you know, they can run it much quicker and get into places that they couldn't with steel pipe. Um, but, um, there is, uh, there are, are certainly drawbacks and we're finding that, uh, you know, more and more, um, you know, you mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Battalion Chief Josh Laird in Frederick County, Maryland, which is uh, again, just to our West. Um, uh, his line of duty was a little over a year ago. Um, and same thing, it was a, a, a similar big house um, and uh, a propane lightning strike. And the lightning, um, if this CSST, Uh, is not installed correctly, if it is, even with bonding and grounding, there is the potential for an arc. So you have a gas line and an arc. So you've got an ignition source and you've got a fuel. And where does your gas lines typically run? They typically run in void spaces, typically in your basements, up in your, your ceiling space below the first floor, um so when you get this happen when you get this lightning strike and this arc now you've got escaping gas you've got it in most cases ignited um by a the arc and you have a flame jet in a combustible void space under your first floor or uh you know in a chase wherever it might be um but um that is uh the that is the the commonality um and, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not making this up. This is, you know, you look at any of our reports, um, the ATF uh, actually has done a computer model uh, of WoodScape to show the fire progression and the ignition sequence and, and all that. And, um, you know, like I said, this isn't just Chuck's opinion. This is the documented origin and cause uh, of uh of our incident and of uh chief laird's incident yeah, for-
0: yeah. Uh, and and uh again i mean that's what we're talked about with with celeste and even uh chief laird's um you know yeah. they, they up. teamed up the the ladies have teamed up and, the, and they've mounted an effort in maryland and um, hopefully we can just you know get something get something moving um in the country but but good for them now um again we're hearing other reports about uh, lightning strikes and, and fires in basements and that kind of thing. And, and it's, uh, again, I mean, we all, we've all talked about, you know, these are uh, tough fires now with void spaces and, uh, and not being able to see it and, and, you know, it it popping out. And this is exactly what happened here at Woodscape So let's go here. We got, we got the, um, the picture of of the overview. This is what the first floor layout is. So this is, If you were to arrive there and go into the front door, which is side A with the foyer, you would be walking on this level here. Um, Now, was this
1: two-story or three-story? It was two-story from the front, three-story from the rear because of the grade change. Um, And the, uh, the one and two quadrants would have been just two story front and rear. Um, but the three and four quadrants, uh, the three quadrant, excuse me, would have been three story uh, on the rear because that grade change, uh, was not only from alpha to Charlie, but there was also a it's distinct, uh, grade change from Bravo to Delta. Um, so that was that, would that make the like their master bedroom was two stories? Um,
0: so I'm just trying to picture as I go through this thing to see, you know, if I look here at this layout, obviously the, yeah. the foyer is the first floor. You go up to the master bedroom. So that gets yeah, us to the my, second floor. And then the fire was in the basement.
1: Yeah, fire was in the basement. And to be honest, I I can't remember from all that I've looked at of this. You know, I I've because we don't spend much
0: time on the second floor. Yeah, I've never really
1: focused much, you know, on the second floor. Um, but um, uh, as you said, you would the picture we saw earlier. You see that circle driveway, and you you see the Alpha side and the main entrance. Um, and yeah, the, right there in the middle, <laughs> underneath the, the archway, is yeah. that main entrance. Um, and, and you definitely see some second floor windows there yeah. onto the,
0: uh, that would be, I guess the alpha quadrant, right? On yeah. the, if you're looking at this, but
1: okay. Okay. So, so we got the, Bravo uh, corner and that, that number one quadrant. Um, and, um, like I said, that, you definitely I, see the steep, the steep grade that goes down
0: on that Delta side to the, to the back. So yeah. let's go back here to the, uh, so this is, this is where they initially arrived and this was, um, when they initially arrived, I, I know you guys, uh, you had the advantage of a different CAD map than they did. And they saw, you saw that they had a pool to get water supply because uh, uh, the first arriving right went right to the
1: fire building. So did they drive around to the, to get yeah. to the pool? Yes. Um, so, uh, <laughs> and, and you are correct. Um Not only were we in an AVL test, but they there was a map update that had been pushed out to the battalion cars for, uh, I guess, a a preview or uh, a beta test. And um, as I started uh, started down the road uh, that night to this incident, you know, one of the first things that I knew I was going to to Fives area, which, you know, a a large portion of Fives area is non-hydrant. I'm looking, and uh, you know I, I'm thinking, okay, where have I got where have I got two water sources? And uh, I see, okay, there's there's a a pool in the back. And if I continued on, or when I came in Guilford Road, there was a hydrant on Guilford, not right at Woodscape, but the next street up. So I knew I had this pool uh, as a primary and a hydrant as a secondary. Now, <clears throat> the other thing about station five, um, the, uh, as I said, a lot of their area is, is, uh, is non hydrogen and they carry, uh, on their engine, uh, a, um, a device that nobody else in the, actually, I think there's one other station that may have one on a, a water supply, but, um, engine 51 had a hydraulically operated pump and, uh, the engine driver on our shift at station five, I'd worked with him for, for years and years. And we had run several fires, um, you know, in the years leading up to Woodscape, Um, and, uh, um, you know, uh, Wayne had always told me, said, uh, you know, chief, you get me within 150 feet of a pool and I'll give you 600 gallons in the flip of a switch. And they had, um, you know, it was the hydraulic lines, just like our rescue tools, you know, um, hydraulic, uh, reel, And, you know, it was a matter of, you know, no priming, no setting up hard sleeves, nothing else. You took that pump, you dragged it over, uh, you got it in water and you flipped the hydraulic and, you know, you had 600 gallons. Um, So when I saw that pool, uh, that was my first thought. Hey, you know, 51, you know, what better engine to get it than, you know, them because they've got the hydraulic pump. Um, I couldn't see exactly, you know, I couldn't see naturally the terrain or or anything else, but I just knew it had a pool there and that was the closest water supply. Um, And I didn't know at the time, Um, Matter of fact, didn't know until, um, you know, many weeks later that I was the only one, uh, Battalion 1's MDT was the only one showing that pull. So when 51 got on location and, uh, you know, had smoke showing, they upgraded the local to a box. um, And, you know, right away, um, you know, I, I was kind of reminding the, um, the Lieutenant that, uh, you know, Hey, I see a pool and if you can position your wagon to take advantage of that pool, you know, um, uh, but unfortunately uh, by the time I said that they had already, um, they had already started to stretch a line, uh, to the alpha side. So once I said it, they went ahead and repositioned from that circle, uh, that you see there where the side, a, um, Mm -hmm label is, they went ahead and repositioned all the way back. Uh, You see a white car there and they were basically able to nose in uh, on that edge of the, uh, of the driveway, um, you know, pretty much nose right in, you know, again, toward the side C label. uh, And then, um, you know, they just drug their hand line, you know, around with them. um, uh, So they were able to, uh, access that pool now. E- e- a little bit more of a difficult task than just you know, yeah, flipping the switch. Um, and of course, again, I didn't know what fences or terrain or steps or anything else they had to deal with. Um, there was at one point they acknowledged to me that you know they had the pool for water supply. Um, that. That signal to me, yep, we, we're good. We got water. Um, unbeknownst to me, it was a little bit later that they ultimately got flow from it. Um, they just had they had some problems uh, getting it set up, but um, we weren't. We still weren't in a position of flowing water yet. So um, we uh, um, we weren't uh, weren't in a compromised situation. We were just a little while getting water supply set up. Um, So they did use that. They did use the pool water. Yes,
0: Yes. they did. So so when that when that um, when that happened, so the initial entry was not in the alpha side. No, it was not. That's Um, because they repositioned to the Charlie side due to the pool. And then that they went to the closest entry at that point, which was that that laundry
1: room. Yes, which is kind of right there again, where yeah, that white right car is sitting. That, that um, right here, right. Yeah, and you know, they, um, the crew entered the the first in officer. Um, uh, you know, gave me a report that uh, they had the the occupant, and the occupant was reporting most of the smoke from the basement, and that they were making access from side Charlie. Um, and with that, you know, okay, you're making access to the basement from side Charlie. Okay. And I see a grade change and, um, you know, I'm, um, uh, you know, I am considering them making basement grade entrance Um, They never told me about the laundry room. Um, They went in uh, and uh, actually the uh, the the special service, the tower that was coming in behind them, um, caught up with them and they I'm not sure who made the decision first, but um, they made the decision to. Fire was not there. They needed to back out of there. Um, but they did, you know, they did make it into the laundry room. They did make it uh, into the laundry room. room. They took some assessments with their tick, um, didn't flow any water, you know, had, had smoke and, and some heat signatures. And they went ahead and uh, they pulled out um, uh, of that laundry room and moved on down around that area that says no basement. Um, they moved on around that to what, um, uh, and it just shows two doors open there, but that full, that full height basement area, um, you know, the, the pool would be about where the, it says lower side C. Um, so they came, you know, around, the no basement area, little little breakfast nook, kick out kind of thing. Um, And then they came down uh, and that's where uh, the, the tower officer um, was able to, uh, uh, they were gaining, um, gaining entry such that he could control the flow path. He wasn't just um, taken out a door, they were very methodical um, and intentional in their um, getting into that basement. Um, and they had, uh, 51 had repositioned their line down there. Um, Nate uh, Nate was on engine 101. And um, interesting, you know, or a point that I haven't highlighted, um, at the time, uh, we had, two or three engines that were only three-person engines. Um, 101 was one of them. Um, because it came out of the special operations house and because the the actual, the fourth person really for that engine um, drove some of the special ops uh, equipment, um, Nate was on a three-person engine. And um, uh, the officer on the engine uh, that night was a float uh, officer was not um Nate's normal uh, normal supervisor um and uh the i had heard from 101 uh, alpha that uh, they were on side charlie and they had a backup line um and so 51 and tower 10 were working on getting in finding the fire um and um i had a a a a lot of experience with, and a great amount of respect for the lieutenant on the tower uh, that night. Um, uh, and I, in my mind, uh, fires in the basement. You've citizens said the fires in the basement. The smoke tells me the fires in the basement. Um, we're going to get in the basement, and Tower Ten is probably going to lead Fifty One to wherever this fire is, and we're going to get water on it. And, uh, you know, then we're going to, you know, check for extension and all the, the rest of the things. But that's kind of, you know, in my mind, that was the direction we were heading in. And I, the, the tower lieutenant and I were on the same wavelength. Um, again, he was uh, he was moving in that direction. And um, they got a report that there was visible fire from. So before we get there, we're, we're, we're down here, right. On the, uh,
0: looking behind the pool They're they're over with that. Would they be in that area where that le- ground ladder is, uh, if you can see it deep, deep in there, there's a ground ladder kind of below the chimney, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, they, um, which actually, uh, they back up just a little bit from this picture. You can see that hydraulic pump, um, yeah. in the pool, and then yep. you can see the line coming out that's supplying that. Yep. If you went kind of directly up from that hose line, um, you know, and, and into the basement, that's where that row of, uh, of windows and or uh, doors were that, uh, that's where they of, chose
0: to go in the basement.
1: Yep. Uh, that's where they were, um, where they were heading in. And, um, when they got a report um, of visible fire on the kind of around that breakfast nook area back up, um, up toward um, that laundry room, um, the windows of that breakfast nook area, uh, that bump out, if you you want to call it. Um, yeah, they that bump out that's labeled as side C with a little dotted line going to it they had, uh, reports from one of the operators of visible fire there. Uh, and, uh, uh the engine 101s ones officer, uh, relayed that to me. And, um, yeah, I, I, I said, okay. And then I thought to myself, all right, it's, it's showing itself. Um, let's get some water on it. Let's knock it down and buy a little more time for tower 10 to, you know, get in through the bottom and find it. Um, you know, it it was a basement fire and it's showing itself. Um, I, I gave, um, gave the officer some instructions to, okay, can you get water on it, um, from the outside? Um, and, uh, the, the officer responded back, uh, yes, but we've got to reposition our hose line. Okay. Um, and then, when it was reported that they had to reposition to the initial door, that did not make any sense to me. I didn't understand. And and if you listen to the audio, um, you know, I started questioning about, you mean on side alpha? Because I had no idea what the initial door was, but uh, the officer was making reference to where uh, they knew they had, Um, either gone in or seen 51 go in earlier. Um, But that did not um, because I did not have a good grasp of the, um, the building, the the, the grade and change from what this picture clearly labels as upper side C and lower side C. Yeah. Basically a full story in, uh, in difference. Um, And um, yeah, so
0: now one on one one on one's crew uh with Nate's got the nozzle they're they're heading into the laundry room yep and and uh, it was about two minutes right before uh again, by by putting the timeline together, we think about two minutes and um he gets over top of the fire the 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 crawl space
1: is is do you know how deep in the building that was? well. No, if you actually go go back a slide, um, kind of the the way I understood it not that night, but the way I've understood it since the reports have been prepared uh, was that uh, entered that laundry room and kind of went around those steps. Um, uh-huh. and you know somewhere in that very center where you have breakfast area, kitchen, stairs it uh, was he was in and around know um, the officer uh, that was with him described you know moving through the laundry room and around a corner um, you know something of that nature. Uh, again, you know all of this is you know I am not seeing, I'm not hearing um, you know at yeah. that point. Um, we were uh, the the units, the additional units uh, that upgraded to a box. Um, they were starting to you know roll in, and I was starting to give them assignments. You know, again, because of the rural water, um, you know, I, I was giving some instructions trying to get lines laid in from that hydrant on Guilford Road for second water, uh, and. Like I said, some units were coming up to my window, um, you know, and a lot, a lot of moving pieces, as you can can understand at that point. Um, So from the conversation of trying to figure out the, um, the initial door uh, and the, the tower officer gave me a little bit of, he tried to explain it to me in that he said, Hey, you've got one one and 51 uh, going in quadrant two on the first floor. Um, and I, I, you know, I still, in my mind, they were in the basement um, yeah. and uh, uh, I, like I said, that grade change just did not register uh, with me. Um, and uh, um again, it was about that time that, you know, the, uh, the, the mayday was transmitted, um, by the, um, by the officer of 101. Um, and, uh, Yeah. And
0: hopefully, I mean, uh, with all this stuff, all this stuff we're talking about recording, the guys that are watching this, you can, you can find this stuff on the, uh, on the internet out there. Uh, you can definitely find the report and all this stuff comes from that, but, uh, you'll get a real good sense of what, what the chief's talking about there, but here's a quick timeline again, call for smoke, 911 call for smoke. So they, they sent your local two engines, a truck, a transport and a chief. Uh, they were there within nine minutes. And um, by then the second call had been received and the call had been upgraded or about the same time as you were arriving, upgraded to a full box. Yeah, it
1: wasn't upgraded until 51 when 51 pulled in, and had smoke showing, uh, he upgraded it to the box. Um, and
0: again, they, they, they report they reported they heard, even smelled wood burning. Right, they could definitely smell wood burning, so it knew something. So fifty one gets there on the on the A side, but then they reposition to the Charlie for the uh, the the pool in the back. Uh, in discussion with the occupants, they got an all clear on the structure at two twelve, and then at 215, 18, 101. 101 is there. They enter the basement. But at 2.15.48, 30 seconds later, they see fire on the first floor. So as uh, Nate's got the line, he's going to go in the basement They see that fire upstairs. Now they reposition again. This is is now they make entry into the laundry room. And at 2.20, it's reported that uh, Nate has fallen into the basement one hundred and one A comes across the fire attack channel with a a good mayday call, and uh, then Nate Nate at the same time is giving a mayday call in the basement. Yep. What happened with that?
1: Um. So our department operates um, with an eight hundred uh, uh, system. Um, we dispatch uh, and handle our. Um, our non-tactical incidents on the Alpha Zone. Uh, Dispatch on Alpha 1, respond and operate on Alpha 2. Anything that uh, has a battalion chief uh, moves to a uh, a tactical channel. Um, And our first tactical channel is Bravo 1, the the Bravo Zone Channel 1 out of the 16-channel bank. Um, So... This being a local alarm, it was dispatched uh, onto Bravo One. Um, we were operating on Bravo One. However, our radios have a scan feature. So uh, Nate's radio um, was in the Bravo zone, but in the number two channel. Um, but because it was scanning, uh he was able to hear everything going on he was you know able to hear other units um and um he had uh you know he had you know the knowledge of everything going on around him um but when he went to transmit his mayday his radio was transmitting on bravo 2 uh and, and again um you know calls earlier in the day uh, earlier in the evening um you know, he might have been operating on Alpha 2 uh, and um, changed the zone. But again, because of the scan feature, he was hearing everything. So um, had the, the um, uh, I guess, the, the, the false sense of security uh, that uh, he was on Bravo 1 because he was hearing everything on Bravo 1. Um, yes, yeah, so at oh, no point in the at no point in his. You guys have
0: been there for what 10 minutes, 8 minutes. 101s probably been there for 6 or 7 minutes at no point did he realize because he's hearing the radio traffic yeah. that he's on the wrong channel. Yeah. So so Nate falls into the into the basement, gives a gives a, a good who what where message, but unfortunately nobody hears it. Now, the 101A, she gave a a, a good one too, right? That kind of identified the problem, maybe not exactly where, but, but it was tough because they didn't know exactly where they were. in such a big building.
1: Yeah. And, and, uh, again, I, I, uh, um, I was able through merely through voice recognition. Um, you know, I, I, I knew, um, the Lieutenant, uh, all one one Um, I, I knew that was the only female voice that, I had uh, of the the three officers that were there so when the mayday came out um yes I knew it was 101 um and actually you know um communications chimed in and they said you know hey it's 101 calling the mayday I know it's 101 you know calling the mayday I'm I'm trying to figure out who exactly and, and where exactly um but um uh you know that was one of the things that um you know i, I tell uh, other other command officers um that that mayday um is going to it's going to grab you um and like nothing else that you know you are uh, that you hear on a, a routine basis and the only way you know just like we 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 preach muscle memory for our firefighters uh, as incident commanders as as Command officers, we've got to have that same muscle memory. We've got to train um, on that other end of the radio. And when our people are training, we've got to be answering those maydays in training. We've got to be documenting on our worksheet the same way and and you know how we track our people. Um, and, and, and I really, you know, that night um, when that mayday came out, um, you know that wasn't the first time. Uh, Yes, it was the first true Mayday, but it wasn't the first time I had answered a Mayday. And, you know, I hear some officers tell me, Oh, well, you know, I've got a Mayday worksheet or I've got, I've got this list or that. When a Mayday comes out to you, you've got to answer it and you've got to instinctively take those steps and start that, um, that process. And the main thing that I had always told my shift is that if they called a Mayday, I wanted to acknowledge them. I wanted them to know immediately. Uh, I may only have a couple of seconds to hear what they've got to say, but I don't want to tell communications. I don't want tones. I don't want anything else. I want that, that mayday firefighter to know they're heard, they're answered, and I want to get as much information as I can uh, while I can. Um, And uh, you know, so that night, You know, that, you know, that all kicked in Uh, a bunch of training drills we had done kind of kicked in, Um, uh, answered, you know, answered the lieutenant. And, you know, we were very, you know, uh, I I couldn't make out all of her words. Um, And it, it took us a little bit to realize that she was not the mayday that she was calling the mayday for her firefighter and finally um you know that was able to to be uh, determined um and at that point um you know again during that time frame Nate had been over on Bravo 2 uh, gave a you know a perfect who wouldn't wear uh email an email um a a who wouldn't wear uh mayday um so, you know, had I heard that, um, it would have taken a little bit of the, of the question out of it. But the main thing was that the officer had called the mayday, and we now were shifting gears, and we had resources started toward them, and we were um, starting to, to get a, a hold of, um, you know, just the, the immensity of the operation.
0: So originally, uh, 51, who was first due, uh, 101, second do engine, and uh, Tower 10 yep. were in the in the rear. So um, I know that uh, 10, or I'm sorry, 101, was a, was originally a backup line. Uh, mm-hmm. But now with, with them trying, kind of changing and 101 being attack, you had 51 and, and Tower 10. Were those those were your initial rescue team?
1: or just tower 10 the just tower 10 um, 51 uh, was kind of self rescuing themselves um, i know that uh, the firefighter um, from 51's line um, had he had made his way to uh, to the hole um and was trying to help the officer pull back up on the line um they were you know they were trying to uh initiate a um a a rescue from within uh and then um uh i believe through you just heat and so forth they were they had to pull back um and then ultimately um the the true RIT effort was launched with, uh, truck seven and engine 71. Um, and they, uh, they split and went around, uh, one came around the Bravo side, one came around the Delta side and then met and, uh, into the basement, um, for, uh, for Nate's rescue. All
0: right, good. let's put the slides back up and like we can kind of get a, a picture of what, um, what they were met with. Again, um, it, 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 was, he was, he was not in an obvious room, right? He was in yeah, this, in he this call in a, he space, in a call space and only had, uh, um, there wasn't an obvious
1: door on it. Is that right? Uh, no, there was a, a couple of steps, uh, up to it. Um, the picture, the picture in the upper right, um, shows, uh, these, these couple of steps, from the basement level up to this crawl space, so this this crawl space was, I guess you could look at it as an intermediate level. Uh, it was um, it wasn't basement level and it wasn't first floor level. It was kind of a uh, a a crawl space in between. There had been a like a sunken living room, or there was a couple of of, of uh, changes in floor level on the first floor. And that was, uh, in the area, uh, under this, or over this, uh, crawl space, the picture to the left, uh, that white wall along the right side of the the frame of the photo, uh, that would have been the Charlie wall of the house. Those would have been the glass doors that would have been looking out onto the swimming pool, um, there's stairs that you see there. Those are the stairs going up to the to the breakfast area, the, up to the kitchen. Um, and then the area where the crawl space was would actually be off to the left uh, of that um, of that photo of the, the frame. So the RIT team would have come in those doors um, and then they proceeded back um, uh, along that wall and on back into Uh, There was a this was kind of a rec room area, Um, went on back through a bar and then there was uh, some bathrooms and closets and so forth. And again, these these couple of steps that are illustrated in the upper right picture. um, And it was once they got up to the top of those stairs uh, that they were able to, you know, get into that crawl space and. Uh, once they were in there, they, they had active fire. Um, there was a a point I know, uh, the RIT team, um, got caught up in, in entanglements and, uh, um, the,
0: I know that there's been some other, other, uh, shows with, uh, Josh, uh, Berchick, right. Um, about the rescue of Nate and, and, uh, and uh there was some, uh, potentially some other maydays that would have been involved in the, the actual rescue of him. But, um, you know, again, l- listening to to those and this, you know, his, his, his story goes right along with what we're trying to get here. And, you know, the, the, the mindsets piece of this, of this rescue and the, you know, you ha- we have to get in, you know, we, we really don't have, you can't say no, right. We're going to, we're going to find a way to get in there. And these guys uh, with all their, All them, all them being in, being all in, they did everything they could to get in. And unfortunately, right, um, we know that uh, conditions were such that that he couldn't survive Um, some some temperature, the the temperature extreme that he he was in involved in there. He wasn't going to be able to survive that. Um, So take us to, to that. Once you get once you got Nate out. Again, I'm sure he got the best care he could get to get to the hospital. Um, EMS care would you, was the ambulance was already there. Yes,
1: Did, yes, we had uh, uh, we had uh, multiple ALS uh, transport units. Not to mention um, the uh, our our paramedic supervisor, what we call the medical duty officer, um, uh, was a captain paramedic. Um, phenomenal, uh, uh, provider. Um, he, there's a one point, um, where, um, uh, I had ultimately, uh, just about the time of the May day, another battalion had arrived and I'd assigned him, uh, to, uh, the Charlie division and he had gotten around there. Um, and at one point, you know, he, he told me, so we're going to need, uh, EMS, uh, to the rear. And I said, yeah, I, 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 I actually looked up out the windshield of the, of the battalion car and saw captain Norman, the MDO. And, uh, I'm like, you know, he gave me a thumbs up. I knew he had it. Um, so had, uh, uh the paramedic transport units and the supervisor all to the rear before, um, before Nate came out. Um, and, uh, um, just, a. uh, phenomenal effort and teamwork and, uh, um, just, you know, the way, uh, you know, the way he was, was packaged and transported. And, um, um, but as you said, unfortunately, um, was not, uh, not a positive outcome for us. So,
0: um, reconstruction, uh, uh, you know, the, the fire, I mean, the, they got a handle on the fire. It looks like, looks like the, um, you know, it, it didn't burn the house down. Uh, it was still a lot of, a lot of structure left. So you were able to kind of manage both a rescue and a fire, uh, but and that that had to go from, from practice, like you say, uh, practice at, at previous maydays and 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 planning um, and 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 resources and, and and um all that goes into that. So after the fire, um, I'm sure you know everybody everybody was reeling, and, and you you put together. The, the Howard County put together an amazing fire report, and I, I mean, it's not that we're we like to have good fire reports, but we want to we want to learn from this as much as possible. And um, everybody out there, you can you can again you you're going to find the uh, you're going to find the link on the Mayday Monday that that will get put out on the first Monday Monday of July, so you can get to that report. Uh, find other the link to the CDC report. Uh, So you can uh, to the NIOSH report so you can read that. Uh, One thing this month with with the skill drill, with the skill drill is uh, I I, I asked the the, the chief before we came on some 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 help with the skill drill. And one one that he really wanted to emphasize was the the uh, the radio, the radio part. So, Mark, if you'll bring the slide up again. This month's skill drill, are you radio ready? All right. Uh, so, um, what, 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 we're going to focus on is, is wearing it right. Ter- making sure it's turned on and are you on the right channel? Uh, these are all you know pretty basics. You're thinking, well, of course I'm wearing it, right. Well, uh, there's some different ways that we wear this thing and, and there's there's better ways out there to kind of, to wear it. Um, are you doing that? If not, then let's, let's maybe practice that and, and, and get ready for that. Turn it on. Um, uh, you know, we don't get feedback so much anymore with eight hundred megahertz radio, but we do get like like bonking, right? We get echoes, and I know uh, I've been with crews where a lot of times, you know, the the third and fourth member of the crew don't turn their radio on because they don't want it to bonk out or the volume's too high or what have you. Well, then then you're not going to be ready you're ready, and then on the right channel. Uh, the the chief touched on on Nate. um Again, we knew Nate, Nate had the mindset to be on the right channel. Just so happened that earlier that night, you know, did they run a call on, on the A2 channel? And then after he was done thinking, I'm going to turn it to B because that's where the fire calls are. Am I ready? Well, I, again, he was on B2 and not B1. Um I know again, well we can go back to, to other, other close calls. We had a, a close call in DC when I was there where the the officer would set his radio to 03 because that's the that's the first channel you get assigned to for fire calls. Well it just so happened when we when he woke up for that fire call there was another fire call in the city. So 03 was already taken. So unbeknownst to him he goes to the fire and he's operating on 03. So these are some things we have to make sure that the message gets relayed that you're operating on this channel or confirming that you're operating on this channel. So you're, you're making sure that, that everything is
1: good. And as far t- as t- where do, you're right. hey, Tony, you know, yes, with, with that, you know, the, the radios, um, Have the screen, you know, so as a a company officer, you know, if you were leading your people, take a glance down at their radio, make sure your people, you know, make sure you see that Bravo One or Alpha One, whatever it might be. Um, The other thing is, most of them, at least our radios, when you go to a channel, that little mechanical voice tells you, Bravo One, you know. Alpha 2, Charlie 1, whatever. Um, so, hey, take that split second just to make sure that you hear that uh, or, you know, take a look you know, at your radio uh, and see that the screen is uh, showing you the right channel. And again, as company officers, check on your people, um, you know, take a look at their stuff. It's hanging right there, you know, most of the time off of their hip. So take a look at it. And
0: with that, right, another report that you're going to find linked, we'll have the Fairfax County uh, several years ago did a little study on radio placement. And I think this came out of like somebody getting in trouble for wearing their radio, not wearing their radio in their radio pocket. But, you know, anyway, you know how that goes. And firefighters are going to try and prove that this is the better way to do it. And they did. They looked at several different things in this. And this this quick report, it's not very long um it was shows that this is this is probably the best way to wear it right and 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 uh but you have to be diligent about it you have to make sure that you're doing it the same way every time so you get that muscle memory you get that you get that uh that that we do the same way every time so that it goes on right i know i've i've been i've been caught where you know i'm, I'm riding around in the rig and i'm wearing it well then now i got to get dressed and i do something wrong and i don't do it the same way every time and it and it can it can mess me up so this is a good practice for you to do maybe make that this month a a, a, a topic of your skill drill is making sure we're 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 wearing it the best best place possible some things it can do for you it, it can help you you know it can protect this thing and and i think if you read if you read the the Howard County report it mentions just that it mentions that Nate was exposed to temperatures that he couldn't survive, but his radio did. Um, again, I, I'd rather have him survive than the radio. But that tells you about, you know, how you can make sure these things. Um, you can set ourselves up for success. So uh, this is a picture from a radio from another another fire where the they didn't wear it underneath their coat. They didn't have a sheath for it or or what have you. But it what was exposed. And then the picture on the right just it just should kind of set you up for success. Right, uh, you set your gear up. I know, I know that uh, a lot of us in here that, that come to Mayday Mondays, the mindset we're ready. We're we want to get dressed fast because we know everything, every second matters. That we set ourselves up to be to get dressed quick and be ready. And, and this is one way you can can do that. Right, the first thing you grab when you get before you get your coat is your radio. That goes underneath your coat. Then you put your coat on and you can get dressed. So if we'll make that make that the the topic of this month's skill drill. Is uh, being radio ready and practice this stuff, Chief. I got this. Uh, this was a, you know, one of your suggestions. A couple of things I like to do with uh, when we talk about um, these line of duty desks and or these close calls is is kind of wrap up with our uh, with our our visitor with our guest who was so gracious to come and ask them two or three things. And I know you've given us a lot of things today, but two or three things that you really want. People to get out of this experience, your experience, um, the 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 fire, the Nate fire, um, his sacrifice. Two or three things that you think our listeners could really benefit from.
1: Um, again, the the, the first, um, I can't say enough warning uh, about. Um, it, the, the, the presence of this corrugated stainless steel gas tubing. Um, you know, if you, you know, if you have a storm go through, you're thinking lightning, um, automatically start looking basement and thinking about the gas, the, the, the potential of there being a gas fed fire, uh, in that, in that basement area. Um, and again, there, there's a, a whole bunch of stuff out there online about CSST. Um, you know, we, we said earlier that, uh, you know, uh, Nate's fire, uh, the Frederick County, uh, fire with, um, uh, battalion chief Josh Laird. And I, I don't know what's going to come of this, um, this Southern Maryland fire from just yesterday, but it's certainly to me, um, sounding very similar. So learn about that. Um, You know, the second thing would be, again, no matter what your position, whether you're a command officer, whether you're a a rookie firefighter, um, it's that building muscle memory and, you know, training the way that you fight and fighting the way you train and um, building that muscle memory, um, doing those things the same way every time, whether it's your radio or whether it is as an IC, answering that mayday and, and you know, tracking your resources and having your, your resources in place. Um, and I, I would say that, you know, the, the third, uh, the third thing, uh, is that, you know, yes, I'm, you know, I'm older than dirt. Um, been around, you know, uh, been around a time or two. Um, and this incident, you know, happened in the, the very late stages of my career. Um, And I've always been supportive of uh, of peer support and of, uh, um, you know, behavioral health, uh, just behavioral health in firefighters. Uh, But I can tell you that um, as much as we encourage our firefighters to call a mayday in the fire environment, we need to encourage them to call that mental mayday. after the significant event, or just after an accumulation of things that are uh, that we're carrying with us, um, there is uh, it's okay to not be okay. Um, and I can tell you, you know, yes, I'm, I'm sitting here, and we're we're coming up on on five years. Um, July, uh, you know, twenty third will be five years for our incident. Um, but uh, I couldn't have sat here and talk with you, Tony, and I couldn't have talked about Nate and I couldn't have talked about Celeste. And I, I couldn't have done that without a lot of help, uh, and a lot of care from our peer support team and other, um, you know, behavioral health, um, clinicians that, you know, from the very start of it, just the peer support team coming alongside me. Um, and, uh, Um, And then um, about 24 hours, about 24 hours uh, um, post-incident, I was able, um, National Fallen Firefighters uh, hooked me up with another incident commander from Texas that had experienced a line of duty death. And uh, I am forever thankful to Chief Randy McGregor from Bryan, Texas, um, for walking me through those first couple of days, just knowing that I wasn't alone, that somebody else had gone down this road. Um, and, uh, that kind of, you know, started me off in a, in a good direction. So I, I just want to encourage anybody out there, if you're, uh, if you've gone through one of these things, um, and, uh, you know, you, you're, you're still, um, having a hard time, Hey, you're not alone. And, uh, there's, there's people that, that care about you and want to talk to you and want to help you whatever we can do. Um, and, uh, you know, it, if you're looking at that, you know, that shift member that just isn't in themselves anymore, you know, Hey, it, it's, it, this is a, this is a trying job, um, career volunteer. It doesn't matter. This is a, a, um, a trying and it can take its its toll on you. So look <laughs> out for each other um and again don't be afraid to to call that mayday for yourself or for somebody else. Um cuz we all just not got to gotta keep going. Um Well,
0: and- uh, I mean, I don't want to cut you off but brother I'm so happy that um your 35 years didn't didn't turn you away from wanting to give back more. Um this uh what you're doing here with this and what you've doing with the F, what you've done with the uh csst stuff with with everything is really the uh what we're we're trying to do with all of these line of duty deaths right is never forget and and uh, learn from them um make uh, the fire service better obviously the csst stuff is not only going to affect uh firefighters but it'll affect anybody sleeping in that house mm-hmm. right so it's not just about um it's us. It can be the citizens of Maryland, the citizens of the country. Um, I, I think, um, again, I didn't know what I was getting into when I called you. And, and there's so much stuff that that we could take this fire. We could take it different places. And and uh, the fact that um, you're ready for that. Right. You've got it all. You're, you can go in all those different angles. And that, that's really good. And I think, um, I, I, again, I, I appreciate you coming on. I know you're retired. You are giving me your, your free time. Uh, but you came on and talked about, about Nate and then your experience, which is a uh, – again, we don't want anybody else to experience that either, right? Just like we don't want anybody to experience what Nate experienced. We don't want an incident commander to have to experience a, a Mayday. One thing you said, which um, I, I hope everybody that watches these Mayday Mondays has heard, if not every show, at least majority of the show, is that don't let the real Mayday be the time where you do this thing whether it's whether it's using your cutters right don't let it be the first don't, don't let it don't let the mayday that you have to cut yourself out of be the first time you've tried your, your cutters Don't let the Mayday that you have to go rescue somebody be the first time you got the rip pack out of the compartment Don't let incident commanders the Mayday that you're responding to be the first time that you got your Mayday worksheet out and practice calling maydays or or talking to a down firefighter or getting that information. Right, that and that's what, what uh we are about. That's what I'm about. That's what this show is about is practice. Practice, practice, practice. Um skill drills, there a lot of these things are pretty easy. This one here is pretty easy, right? Make sure you're on the right radio channel. Come on. But look at the impact it can have <laughs> if you're not on the right radio channel, or if you're not your mindset, you're not you're not ready. So just take some time, take some time this month to think about Nate. There's a lot of resources out there to, t- to, to, to get into this fire. Again, you got a NIOSH report. You have the Howard County Internal Report, which is a great read, even if it's, uh, it has nothing that you can't relate to It. There's a lot of stuff in there about, about decision-making, about um, um, command-level stuff, about um, a mission command and things like that that are a little, little different, but they had some unique people writing those reports there. Uh, Check that out and then uh, do it. Do a skill drill for me, chief. Thank you so much for uh, spending your Wednesday afternoon um, talking about um, our friend, Nate.
1: Yes. And Tony, thank you for for what you do. And and thank you for honoring Nate and, and looking into this and and carrying his his legacy of learning and training on. So thank you. Absolutely.
0: All right that, that that closes out the June 2023 Mayday Monday. Thank you all for uh, tuning in. Please um uh if you got any any ideas, any uh suggestions, you can reach me at uh my email which will be in the in the post. You can do that. Uh you can reach out through Fire Engineering if you have suggestions for future skill drills, if you have a close call you want to talk about. Hit me up, okay? Thank you and we'll see you next month.